I think there's a lot of tech, but there's not a lot of true innovation going on. Oh, that's a bomb being dropped right there. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, the big news since our last episode. They're playing baseball. What's the big, uh, yes, they are. In fact, the game starts here in a couple minutes. And like, yeah, in like five minutes. Um, I don't know how long they're going to be playing baseball. Yeah. the. I'm not, uh, it's, I'm not saying it, that I think it's smart that they're playing baseball. Well, I should say Major League Baseball is being played. For the most part, I'm not sure the Nationals are actually playing. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not. But, hey, they started off last season a little bit slow, too. So. Yeah, but if they start, if they go, uh, they go 19. Think about it. 31, 10, 10% if they go 19, the if they start off 19 of and 31 this season, this year, they're not going to the World Series. Right. Yeah. I'm exactly. calling that right now. 10% of the season's already over. It's only been a week. 10% of the season's already over. Yeah. So here's here's the question for you before we get to our main topic. Is there going to be a World Series this year? Doubtful. Doubtful, doubtful. Unless they change something along the lines of, uh, of the protocols. I think they're just going to have too many games suspended. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with no. Now, in fairness, full disclosure, I also went with there wasn't going to be any season. Yeah. So, um, and again, I'm still not sure that that would not have been uh, overall the, uh, the, the, the better choice. Although I guess, you know, they're, they're talking about um, – since it now looks very likely that not everyone's going to be playing the same number of games, that they're going to do the same thing they did in the strike short, shortened season. So it's going to go by winning percentage. And if that's the case, you're the Marlins, then you just went COVID. Right. You just need to Right. You're in the playoffs, baby. Ah, uh, so um, this is not new, but um, at least relative to the timing and the recording of this podcast, of course, by the time most people listen to it, they'll, they'll have no idea when this is recorded. So we could have right. said that it just came out right now. Uh, did you see the latest MarTech landscape? I have not. No. You mean the, it's a couple uh, months oh, old. Oh, 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 the one that's a couple months old. Yeah, absolutely. Eight thousand. I think they stopped counting them. Hey Mike, hey Mike, that that's called the transition to what our topic was going to be. Remember? Right, right. We, talk, we talked about all that. See, so yeah, got to, got to get. Oh, I, I thought you know, I missed. I thought I missed something. That was the problem. Maybe it, you know there was a new one that came out. Yeah, no, yeah, um, yeah. Eight thousand. Um, you know, it's it's beautiful what he does, but I almost wonder, like, you know, this like you can't see, you can't yeah, read it. I mean, I'm sure you have your logo circled. We, we do. Do you have it circled on the new one? Oh, no. Well, I know where it is, but I, no, I did not physically go in and circle it. You know, you should, you should, actually, this would be a good, this would be a good promo for you. You should offer a free basic subscription for a year to the person who, to the first person who circles and um, posts on like Twitter or something your logo you can you know instead of where's waldo where's seven cents i did the same thing uh two two or three years ago but i only offered up 150 bucks yeah but here but see this is better than 150 bucks right because yeah. it doesn't actually even cost you anything right well right I mean, 
True, true. Right? So, and, and like, hell, I would give them a free subscription just to find it anyways, because <laughs> I don't think you can see anything. Like, yeah. you know. No, um, it's, it, it is wild. It's wild. So, so that brings up a question. Is there too much tech? Yeah, 100%. Maybe we need to bring uh, Mr. Martech, Chief Martech on here for the third time to ask him that question. Because he would say no. He would say, how can they be, you know, if some is good, more would be better. So, so tell us more. Why, why do you feel like there's too much tech? There's, a, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of just overlap slash copycats. Um, hey, I can do this one tiny, tiny thing. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of tech, but there's not a lot of true innovation going on. Oh, that's a bomb being dropped right there. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, you think about how many like small CRMs there are, how many email marketing platforms, quote unquote platforms there are. It's, I mean, it's just, it's straight overwhelming. And, and they all say they can do one thing or the other, whether it's price or, hey, we can do better segmentation or, or whatever it might be, but there's no real innovation, uh, at least with a lot of them that's occurring. That, 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 that makes me think of several um, pieces together. So, so let, let, there are an insane number of CRM. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fascinating because like CRM was the application of the 1990s. I think, I think, um, I think according to Gartner, and I mean, it's been 15 or more years since I saw this. So I, I'm, I could be misremembering. I am getting up there in age. Um, that, that CRM in the 1990s was, you know, more money was spent on CRM in the 1990s than any other IT application. Um, and the satisfaction was here. I think that's why there's like a billion CRMs is, you know, how many people are, you know, actually like their CRM. Right. Um, which opens up a question that I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask in a minute. Um, but it was interesting. So like, you know, CRM was the, was, was the application in the 1990s. Then it, it you know it kind of consolidated, right? I mean, it went you know it went fully to the cloud. Salesforce really emerged. There were, um, you know, it it, it kind of became almost a, like CRM. That's that's old. Who, who's going to do CRM? But then I guess like five or six years ago, all of a sudden, like I guess two CRM bunny rabbits found each other. <laughs> that's a good way of that's a good way of putting it. So so I guess it opens up a question like. Is there such a thing as, you know, are there too many CRM? I mean, is, is that, what's wrong with a thousand choices? Well, as a business, it's certainly makes it harder to, to uh, pick a horse and ride it. So what, so I'm going to, I'm going to play the counter argument. You have more choice to find the right one for you. Yeah, but you're also going to get a lot of uh, a, a lot of fud thrown at you that is is going to end up doing you a, a true disservice, and it's going to add potentially add significant complexity to your business that just doesn't need to be there if you make the wrong decision. Yeah, 
second question, what is a CRM? All things being, <laughs> well, they're not all equal, that's for sure. I mean, some are more or less just a framework to run your business on. I would call Salesforce more of a, a like a framework slash platform that allows you to do all kinds of crazy integrations to run your business. Would you call, would you call Salesforce, does Salesforce today meet the criteria to, to be called an ERP? I mean, it's pretty close if it's not. Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, it, I mean there, there are plenty of large enterprises that run just prom, almost every aspect of their business in, in, in Salesforce. And, now, and, there's and, a lot of tentacles tying into that, but yes. Sure. But isn't that, wouldn't that be true of a, of a more typical C, um, ERP as well that, that, you know, it, it, yeah, that the they backbone, would have other tentacles, but, right? Yes. They, right. Yes, absolutely. It's just a question of, it's just a question the of SAPs, Siebel's of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, like Net, NetSuite's an ERP, but you know, all, you know, it, it's NetSuite plus, or, you know, it's, who knows what it is other than a very bad purchase decision on the part of the, on the part of Larry Ellis. Um, are we going to see uh, Mark Benioff um, captaining an America's cup boat now that he's richer than Larry Ellison? Probably. You see that, you see that yeah. his net worth past Larry Ellison. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think in some ways, I mean, Salesforce has done a disservice and that I don't, this is not Salesforce's fault, but, because everyone refers to Salesforce as a CRM, I, I think part of the problem, which will circle to the issue of, of too many applications, I think part of the problem is that um, there is no longer a definition of CRM, right? Because CRM, you know, if, if you're looking at, at option one, it's this, option two, it's this, option three, it's something totally different. So, um, you know, at the core, what is a CRM? It's a multi-object relational database designed to store customer debt. Some could say <laughs> a spreadsheet is a CRM if you really wanted to. So, so the reason that I would say a spreadsheet does not meet the criteria of a CRM is that a spreadsheet is basically a single object database. So, so I would say that if you're a single object database, you're a database, you're not a CRM. Otherwise, otherwise it's, it's, no, it's a no, database, fair, it's fair, Yeah, fair point, fair point. Right, so, so there's that, you know, there, 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 there's that variation because once you get you know, there, there's a, uh, and, and I would say actually a CRM has um, three elements, you know, at least three objects to it. It's got a contacts object, it's got a companies or accounts object, and it's got a deal or opportunity object. There's something to track your contacts, track your companies, and track the opportunities um, within them. And, and I would even be, I could even be convinced that today um, there should be some, you know, service um, pipeline aspect to it because i do think somewhere along the way we i think people forgot that the c and crm standard stood for customer right right and you know how many people use their crm for everything other than their customers it's you know it's the it's a prm a prospect relationship right. database really um, relationship database um but but then everything else you get on top of that you know reporting um automation you know all, all those other things those are those are additions to a CRM. So, so they're more than a CRM, right? Um, 
and 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 so you 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 get to this place that that makes making sense of it and figuring out what's what where where what and how um, is 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 difficult and it and it puts I think it puts buyers at at a disservice because I do think a CRM by and large for any company serious about growth I mean a CRM is a utility absolutely I mean I I I know that there are companies that do a hundred million dollars that that their CRM is a spreadsheet. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that that's the um, that's the exception that proves the rule, right? I mean, they're, you know, and I, again, I just can't fathom. I, I couldn't run my company without a, a CRM. I I can't imagine how. I mean, they don't, right? I mean, it's you know, it's basically wild west on sales. Because I'll tell you what, their salespeople might might be running their CRM. Actually, I'm taking back what I said. Nobody that's 100 million dollars doesn't have a CRM because they are not managing their customers on spreadsheets. Right. So, right. It, it, so, so it's really, it's really the sales engagement, sales acceleration part that, that it's a, um, um, a spreadsheet, not, not really the CRM actually. I'm going to use that in the future. You said, you said something else that I think is a really great point. So I'm going to ask you this question. Um, what is a platform? Well, everybody's a according, platform today. yeah, everybody, everybody says I'm a, I'm a platform. I'm a platform, I'm a platform because they don't want to say I'm a feature. I'm a system. I'm the, the platform I'm an application. is, is what right. Uh, what was right, wrong with, I'm uh, an application. Right. Well, it just made you seem small and uh, a platform is it, it, from my perspective is something that has APIs. It, 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 when we're talking about tech platform is something that has APIs that allows third party um, you know, it, one third party integrations, but it, uh, what a true platform is from my perspective is anything that if I'm a CRM company or I'm a platform company, anything that I build internally, the external world should have the exact same access to access any data points, build any type of application that would be able to access the exact same things that I can access internally. So, so I don't think that's an adequate definition of a platform. And, and, and the reason that I say that is on that definition, that's, let me finish. That's from a tech perspective. Now, there are all kinds of go-to-market and other but, things that also go into building but, a true but, platform. But, but, because by that definition, most applications today are platforms. They're built on open APIs. And, and, and in some cases, the applications that are pseudo platforms meet that definition of platform better than some of the platform companies do because you can access every bit and piece of data within there and it does have open APIs and you can integrate third party. You know, so, so by that definition, Vidyard is a platform. It's got open APIs. You can access all the data points. Yeah, but everything that they have, it, it, See, Their developers are not de are developing things outside of things that are are part of those open APIs. I, I don't I don't know if that's true or not. So I but but I'm I'm going to go back to um, the first time we had Scott Brinker on and we talked about platforms and he brought up two great examples of platforms and and this is going to connect actually it's very timely because yesterday was yesterday. the antitrust hearing right. Um, but, but the two great examples of, of platforms are iPhone and Android. Like we would agree 
absolutely positively 100% they are platforms. 100%. Right. Um, so, so, so if I use those as, as a definition, well, that's true. I mean, hold on. That, that actually makes me rethink a little bit of my answer that's because what I'm here Apple. For. That's what right, I'm here for. Right. <laughs> no, because Apple does not provide the same flexibility as, as Android does with regards to access of certain, certain, certain items. So, so the, 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 the thing that I think switches it to, to a platform is I, I think it's got to solve, there's, there's got to be a customer component. It's got to be a distinction. And so my iPhone, my iPad, so, so the iOS, actually, you know what? A platform is an operating system. I think I, it almost comes to that. A platform is an operating system. So I am able to, um, as a user, it is my central point. Yeah, that's a, that's right? a, that's a good I, way of looking at it. I can run my life on my iPhone. I can run my business on, on a platform or at least a core part, you know, a, co a core part of my business on a platform. So, so that would mean Vidyard is not a platform, even if it met all the other criteria of open APIs yep. and you could have, cause no, no one's going, okay, Hey, I'm going to manage all my customer interactions through, through. Um, no, I, I, you're right. I, li I like, I like operating right? systems. Yeah. That's, that's. And the other thing it does is, while, while you can certainly build a full-fledged application from the ground up, what iOS and Android does, if you're building an app, is you don't have, you know, you can basically shortcut your application because you can leverage the operating system. I mean, if you go back into the, to the old, old, old days, every time you made a piece of software, it had to function, like you had to add every piece of code. Yeah, right. You had to add the full stack, right. DOS enabled you to have other code run on it, but you weren't able to basically leverage DOS to, you know, to, to run your application, right? And so a platform, like if you're building on Salesforce, you can let, you don't, you don't have to build a UI. Yep, you can just leverage there. Salesforce is the UI, right? That's, that, that's a lot of what you've done. If, if you know, you've, you've built for Marketo and you've built for um, HubSpot. Now I would say Marketo is not a platform. Because I would agree. I can't run from that. Um, I would say HubSpot is a platform, and though though they both um, have have enabled you to shortcut what you have to build out, because you can leverage what what is already in place there. So I would say those are the things that go about being a platform. Now, what makes the iPhone Android world so bloody efficient? Oh, by the way, let me take a step back before I go there. This is where I think CRM has, has, has um, where I think maybe the definition of CRM has changed. And, and I would say that a CRM today is a multi-object database that enables you to store and be a platform for your customer facing, the customer facing operation. So you can run all aspects of uh, marketing, marketing communication, sales and service through that application 
Um, and I would say to be a true platform, which gets to your point, that there's feature neutrality, whether I use an existing or non-existing. So iPhone says you can't not have Safari, but if a user wants to take the extra step and use a Chrome application on iPhone, they can't. So for, so for example, I, on my iPad, right. I use Chrome, right? Yep. I don't, I don't use Safari, right? Um, so, so I can build, I mean, heck Google, Google maps is still better than Apple maps. Right. And, and, and so you might not have access to every data point that Apple has in there, but there's nothing that prevents you from building an application as robust as, um, as what, what Apple has built. Agreed. Right. Then, now, yeah, no, 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 yep, absolutely. How about that? We just defined what a platform is. Yes. Hannah, make sure we get that. And um, Operating system. I, 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 I love that. Right. Now, I'm curious. I think, I think they're a hell, hell of a lot closer if they're all the way there. I mean, I know they're a hell of a lot closer, but they might even already be there. Like, so I know one of the, like, I know the weakness on, on the HubSpot platform is API access. Mm-hmm. But I think they're pretty close to, to achieving that, the part of the definition that you can build an application as robust as what, what HubSpot has, has built. 100%. And, and they're, they're just, they're, they're continuing, they're, they're right. continuing to get much better at it and they're making huge investments in it. Now, if you asked me right. that right. two years ago, I would have. Right. You know, three they, they three were still, years ago, you, you were at no a, you were feature, There was no right. feature neutrality. Right. I, 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 I or like even parity. Like, right. and again, right. like I, I would say that, that iPhone does not meet um, feature neutrality, but, but it does allow for a feature parity. Right. So why so so given that 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 a CRM as a platform as an operating system so a CRM enables it to be your operating system and and Lord knows that like I mean you think about HubSpot and Salesforce and the war between HubSpot and Salesforce is as much an operating system war as any operating system war has has existed yeah and it's just getting um, bigger so yeah so why is the why is the um, why is the Android iPhone platform ecosystem so much more efficient? Easy answer. It's a really easy, obvious answer. I think uh, the friction of of using those operating systems is. It, the two of them together represent about 95% of the market, hence why there's antitrust concerns, right? Yeah. But the, it's like there, there, there's a legitimate question that says, do you break them up? Um, and if you break them up, you fragment it, but is that good, right? You know, um, Android is far more open, but it's also far more dangerous. There's less, you have less assurity that the application- that you're Yeah, less security, work, right, yeah, let, right? absolutely. It, Yep. Who who knows what 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 you're going to get? Apple provides a curated marketplace, mm-hmm. right? Um, the you know, now the question is, you know, Apple requires you at least theoretically to pay thirty percent, um, and uh, actually Scott Galloway makes this argument that that it's a utility, 
And in the same way, you know, there, there are certain things that have been ruled to be new uh, utilities and, and in, you know, which, which basically means that we're better served as a monopoly or at least an ol oligarchy. And the way we're going to pr protect customers is we're going to regulate, right? That's why we don't have 17 power companies in our, in our neighborhood. Um, Cause that would not be uh, good for efficiency. That would not be very efficient right? or so, good. So you can build a business on iPhone or on Android. And if you want to go broad, you, you have to manage two operating systems, which is not overly difficult. The problem with CRM going to, can you have too many CRM is not only does it make it hard. Like, I don't think the argument against it is, I, I agree with you that it makes it hard to make sense of it and figure out what the right one is and, you know, truth in, et cetera. But I think the bigger issue, which gets to why there's so much more friction, why B2B stacks still aren't, I mean, why are B2C stacks so much tighter, so much, why do they get along so much better than B2B stacks? It, it's because you don't, I mean, what, what, what percentage of the market do Salesforce and HubSpot, I would say they're the two leaders in their segments. You know, someone might argue with me, but okay, replace, you know, one of the two with whichever one you think, what percentage of the market do they have? And I'm going to say they have less than 20% of them. My, my bet is they have less than 20% of the market. I don't know. Maybe it's less than 50% of the market, but, and then, you know, there's like 700 other ones that fit, you know, that, 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 that take fragment up, yeah, right. in all right. over the place. Yep. And so if you're building um, a sales acceleration app, who do you build it for? Right. Well, you know, if it, 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 what it comes down to is if you're building a sales app, you build it on, on Salesforce by and large, and it, it becomes very, very inefficient. Right. And then if you go to the enterprise market where, where you get into even more fracture because Salesforce has a very strong position there, but you've got I mean, NetSuite, you've got all, all these different um, places. And so there is no, there are too many operating systems. Every CRM is its own operating system with different functionality, different levels of everything. So when you start trying to build your other applications to, to, to make it work, it, it's the wild west, right? Do you agree with me so far? I do, I'm, I'm, I'm following. Yep. And, agree. And, and, and so that, that's my argument of why are there too many, you know, why, why can I say there are too many CRM? Is there so many CRM that, that it's inefficient for the market? We would actually be stronger if, if, I'm going to say if, if there were seven, five to seven key dominant platforms, which, which will connect to um, something I wrote about recently that I know we wanted to talk about, but what ends up happening is the technology that at least theoretically is, is acquired to reduce friction is just creating a whole lot more friction. Right. And from a business perspective, it, it also duplicates a lot of effort and energy when you have 700 small CRMs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually tweeted this last week 
I said, what if the problem is you have too much technology? Um, I forget, I should have found this and researched it before we started, but um, I think the average company today has like 30 different software licenses. I'd suspect probably, depending on size, significantly more, even small businesses, you know, and, 10. And here, here's my question. Do, do you need that many? No. Depends on, well, I mean, it all depends on where you are and what you're trying to solve. And, but that's why I think platform is having that single operating system that has all kinds of tentacles into different areas can be, can be pretty game changing. So, so I'm going to say this. 50% and, and we're talking about um, just, just so we're clear, we're talking about customer acquisition, customer success. We're talking about revenue facing prospect customer facing side. We're not talking about operations. We're not talking about finance. We're not talking about human resources. We'll save that for somebody that knows those areas. Anything about those areas. Um, the platform you choose, which is in essence, the central operating system. That's 50% of the game. 50% of your game is platform. I would go higher. Well, so I'm not. I, okay, so that's a, that, that, that's a theoretical argument. Okay, see, yeah, see, 50%. I, so, so and, I, think I, I can't tell you how, but like, I can't, like, I have talked to numerous customers and you've probably talked to a hell of a lot more that say, I'm switching from this to this. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, well, either price or feature or whatever. And the argument that I consistently make with them is, well, when you're making those types of big decisions, such as your, we'll call it your core operating system, you have to think about the ecosystem around that operating system. Correct. If there's if there's no ecosystem around that operating system and that operating system it says it can do it all for you, you're not making the right decision. And if they're not investing in becoming the true operating system with the ecosystem around them, so I'm I'm only on on the decision about operating system. I'm not I'm not even talking about the first feature of anything. So yeah, but to, in order to decide on the operating system, you have to look at the 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 the, the ecosystem that surrounds. Well, correct. But so so stay with me. Okay. Hold on. Give me a sec. Um. So before I even get to the first feature, I'm saying that you know, let let's use this as an example. If you choose, like, I'm going to be on the Salesforce platform. I don't think this is how most people think about. It. But I think this is how you should think. Of it. Like, I'm going to be on the Salesforce platform. I'm going to be on, I'm sorry, I'm going to be on the Salesforce operating system. I'm going to be on the HubSpot operating system. I'm going to be on the, um, I mean, in my world, it's almost, you know, the Salesforce operating system, the HubSpot operating system, the non-HubSpot um, Salesforce operating system. I'm going to be on the Sugar operating system. I'm, I don't even know that Sugar actually meets that, that, that I'm going to be on the Zendesk operating system. 
Right. So, so just making that decision, you're, I mean, that's 50% of, of the game. Um, the, like get, getting into the, um, into the differences of this has this features, this has those features. Yeah, that, that's fine, but that's not the, like, that's beyond the first 50%, right? So I think you go operating system. This is a small change to the blog post I wrote. I think you go operating system to, um, to your core stack, which is, I would say, your CMS, your CRM, and your marketing automation. Right? Yep, got it. Right. And, and so if you choose Salesforce, you're, you're immediately choosing a, a, um, a higher volume of, of applications that are going to be pieced together. Yeah, a disjointed, a disjointed experience. And well, you know what? Let, 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 I, I think that's true for most, certainly mid-market companies, but I, I know some companies that have built an extraordinarily strong integrated, um, but, but there's a, you know. But they had, they, had of, to, they had to build it and right, right. Right, right, right. But, you know, if, customize if you're G, it significantly. If you're right? GE, that might be worth yeah. it. If you're Staples, right. it's probably worth it. Right. right. I mean, Staples, ha Staples has their website. That, that connects to Salesforce. They've got all, you know, um, but, but again, so, so you're like, you're making that choice. Um, so the next thing I'm going to so, so then that core part of the stack. So that is the operating system that you choose or the ecosystem that you choose with the CRM features. you know, what, what is the quote unquote CRM that you choose? With the um, with marketing automation and your CMS, I'm going to say that's 80% of the results that you're going to get from your tech stack are are going to be are going to come from those choices. That doesn't mean that you're not going to tell me about some application that's on the outer um, orbit because it 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 fills a specialized need. It's still being driven, like it wouldn't. You know what it does. It, it couldn't it exist by the right, 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 right. So, and 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 so, therefore, if you don't have that right, if you're not managing the, you know, that foundation right, that, then then all the other games that you're playing with that, like like your 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 satellite application is producing amazing outcomes, because you've got a very strong core. No one's going to tell me that their satellite application is changing the game, but the, you know, their data integrity sucks. 80% of their database is, is, you know, swampland. Junk. Right? Yeah. Right. And, and, and so if technology is supposed to accelerate, if technology is supposed to reduce the pull, then you should probably think very strategically. And this actually, you know, I, I've always said when you choose your, your CRM, your marketing automation, you've got to think about the ecosystem, what, what does it play to? But, but now it's really, when you choose that, you're really choosing your operating system. And, and you need to think about it from, from, from that standpoint. Because if, like, if you're going from the Salesforce operating system to the HubSpot operating system, that's a, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's never a reason to do that, 
and, and I'm not saying there's never reason to go from the HubSpot operating system to the sales to the Salesforce operating system. I'm saying that that should be about as big a change as there is. I mean, kind of like going from the, um, you know, iOS operating system to the to an Android, Android operating, operating system. system. Right. Right. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's a change of everything. Like everything changes, right? The nature of the applications, the thought of the applications, et cetera. Right. I, I don't think people look at Salesforce or HubSpot or Sugar or this or that th through that lens. Right. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it or an interesting way of pointing it out to people. Right. I mean, you're, you're I mean, it's it's it. It is the equivalent of are you going to go with a Microsoft operating system? You know, are you, are you going to go Windows or are you going to go Mac? Right. That, or are you going to go to, or are you going to go Chromebook? Well, but, but see, well, that's that, not what you think because Chromebook is still Windows. Yeah, no, true, true. Right. Uh, but, you know, that, that, that gets into feature, you know, that we, we, and you, you might have some individual that's got a Chromebook, but, but for the most part, Chromebooks are satellite computers, right? They're, yeah. you know, there's something that, that, you know, that, that, that's hotter and heavier. Um, so, so again, that, that th thoughts on that. If the goal is to accelerate and reduce friction. Yeah. Core operating system is, is 100% key. Right. And I could have used a, a better example, such as like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a, a laptop that only supports Linux. And then everything I do is gonna have to be highly specialized, highly, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be very expensive. Now, I, I know some people who use Linux and, and I don't know enough to know if they're full of it or not. They, they insist that, that it provides, you know, a superior, whatever and yeah, they probably also have windows installed on the same machine as a vm my, and, uh, my, right. my, my point is like i'm not here to like my point on this show today is not to say that there's say a right one decision is better or a wrong than the decision. other right right I, I, it, I it is that is it is that when you choose linux you've made a hundred other decisions by choosing linux if you choose windows you've made a hundred other decisions if you choose mac you've made a hundred other decisions right i mean there's um and and so I, I I think the problem is because because business applications grew from what was inherently a Windows or Mac or Linux or whatever base, we you know all of these tools started off as applications and have grown broader and and they've actually they're they're now in a different role and and we're behind how we look at them. And again, the danger is, you know, I, I, we would not bear, we would not be where we are in the capabilities of computing that we have if there had been um, the desktop operating system 8,000. Yeah, right. If there was 5,000 desktop or 8,000 right. desktop operating systems, so yeah, like, you're right. Like I know Scott and I, you know, Scott and I, we go, we, 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 we like to talk about, you know, is it, is it right for consolidation? Is this going to consolidate? 
Um, I believe him in, in his call that he doesn't think it's going to consolidate. He doesn't, he doesn't think the number is going to, um, is going to drop because he thinks for every consolidation, two babies get born. Um, but you know, that's where the innovation side might really speed up when, when people realize that, Hey, okay, we've got these two core operating systems. Let's build something on top of those operating systems. And that's okay. If you have 8,000 innovations, but to have 700 CRMs to choose from is like, see, why? See, you just, you just now see my, the, is the, is the lack of consolidation in, in that central space of operating system is, is the lack of consolidation. Is that actually leading to less innovation um, and more messiness? Like I know Maureen Blanford will, um, who's a, um, He's got some really interesting takes on on B2B marketing overall and B2B tech. I mean, she, you, if you want to hear what's wrong with, with, with MarTech today, just follow her. I think it's B2B marketing on, you know, at B2B marketing on Twitter. I mean, I, I think she's writing a book on, you know, why, why can't applications talk now. to each other, right? Why can't applications yep. talk to tell her I, um, um, because every time she posts that, I said, well, you know, she's right. I go, but it's also the buyer's fault. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. It is, I do think it's also the buyer's fault. Because I think, I think that what's happening is that, you know, the sassification of the world has, has created this false promise to buyers. And, and we're, on, you know, we're, we're asking for, um, you know, a full end-to-end experience with in, with with the ability to instantaneously switch and um you know no no I mean, instantaneously switch from a financial um and, and and adoption perspective and so that that i believe that feeds into marketing technology companies creating a lot of dark patterns i.e lying to you know promise things that that, that meet ftc requirements you know it's the difference between I'm not saying it's illegal but it's not the truth right, right, it's not the, right? There, there, there's there's a pretty big gap between like, like okay it's tell not a lie, lie to try to make it yeah tell a lie to try to make it come true I right i can't tell you it's a lie i can't tell you it's not true right um <laughs> the right? truth changed is right? what it is and 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 so you know and and you know in in this mass aspect of you know because humanity is horrible at looking at upstream at upstream issues we're we're trying to i mean i see a lot of companies trying to buy technology to solve problems as as a way to advance problem solving as opposed to solve the problem so so for those of you that aren't familiar with this we've got five principles that we use when designing a customer facing prospect-facing, revenue-facing stack. The first one is business process drives technology, not the other way around. If you, can't, if you can't put it on a spreadsheet or map it on a workflow, then you can't use technology. Basically, if you can't do it manually, actually, that's number two. The simplest stack is the best stack. I think we forgot this, right? Yep. I think we've, we've gotten, we've got uh, app envy, right? Uh, you know, how many apps do you have on your iPhone? 
how many apps do you use? Right. That, I mean, well, that therein lies the 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 interesting part is you think, gosh, five years ago you would just like download apps, download apps, download apps, and now it's like I I try to consolidate as much as I can versus having three hundred apps on my phone, which gets frustrating when I'm trying to find what I'm looking for. And it, this the simpler phone is the better phone. And. And you know, if you have 300 apps on your phone and you only use 10 of them, that doesn't cause you any real problems. But I'm also not gonna pay for the 300 apps. Well, or if you've already paid for them then you've already paid for them. Yeah. Okay. So so not only do you have that that, that ongoing cost, but, but the other problem is in business is you're using these 10 and they're using these 10 and they're using these 10, right? And And so you're all using different things which creates havoc because they don't all necessarily talk to one another. Right. Yep. And, and we go, well, we want choice. We want specialization. And I'll go, okay, great. I love specialization. I love specialization. But if you don't have the core right, that's 80% of the game, right? Specialization, that's the, uh, I'm going to be writing a blog post on what everyone forgets about, um, about good to great ideas, right? And what they forget, it's actually two things. Number one is getting from good to great is all about focus. Mm-hmm. But the second thing about good to great is you got to be good first. It's not shitty to great. Like the Jim Collins <laughs> book wasn't shitty to great. Right. It's like, okay, get good first. Right. Ha- have a good, like if you had, if you had a good core, if you, you, if you, if you gave me the right CRM, the right CMS and the right marketing automation platform, and I managed it well, I'm in the upper quintile of every company using technology. Yeah, you could you, you can run a pretty down. damn good business. Absolutely. Right? So so the simplest stack is the best stack. That means all things being equal, the fewer number of apps, it's like the fewest number of apps to execute the business process at the level it needs to be executed, not to execute it at the perfect, at the to level to execute it at the level it needs to execute to meet outcomes is the best stack. The third principle is if you can't do it manually, you can't automate it. The fourth principle is don't buy technology, hire it, which is kind of a subset, right? It's what's the job that this is being done, right? And making it easier for my salespeople is not a job, right? Because that doesn't, it could be easier. That doesn't mean you got the outcome. Anything of value out of it, right? And this is kind of the thing that brings it all together. The fifth is solve for the whole. Right, we keep making the same mistake that manufacturers made in in the 1980s. Right, we keep, you know, solving for the size. Right, and and you know, Apple has proven from a marketing standpoint, people say they want choice. What they really want is choice to be made for them. Right, and 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 that's one of the reasons that a simple stack is better. Right, is is, Lord knows, I don't want, I don't want. Actually, I should I should probably add um, I'll probably add a sixth principle because it doesn't relate. Um, th- this gets to the integration of the customer um, stack to the operation stack, the finance stack, the human resource stack, and that is um, operational. I'm gonna call it operating system neutrality, right? The number of times I'm hearing people, I've got a client right now where the, where the conversation is. Well, we've got, you know, this is our BI system and um, 
you know, this, our, our analyst team uses BI, uses the BI system. So we don't want to, they're using HubSpot. We don't want to use HubSpot anymore for this. We want to use the BI system. Well, now all your sales organization, all your customer facing organization, where HubSpot is their operating system, now has to leave that and utilize another application, right? Which, I know that which, all too well. Right, which, which, which were all the things that it, like, all the things that the analyst needs that, that like, legitimately HubSpot probably wouldn't need. Well, well, guess what? They don't, you know, your, your customer's facing team doesn't need that. Um, and, and what what my client said was, yeah, but, but the, you know, the executive team is never going to go for the analyst team working from HubSpot. And I said, they shouldn't go for that. The question is, why is it either or, right? Your customer facing team should work from its operating system. Your operational team should work from its operating system. Your accounting team should work from its operating system, right? There's no reason for that not to happen if you've got a strong foundation, right? If you decide what's the operating system we're going to use. Like no, no one complains. They might complain, but they don't, it, it, it doesn't stop them. Well, I'm, I'm on Windows and I can't run this Mac, you know, this Mac program. Well, no, when you made the decision to be on Windows, you made the decision that these were the universe of, and, and, and because of that operating system, everything can, can work and run. Right. Following. Um, yep. And, and so if, if we slowed down and, and looked at technology through that prism, I think we, I think we'd eliminate a whole lot of friction. I think we'd lower costs. We'd, we'd, we'd be able to spend more time on what matters. But here, so, so here's a couple questions that I have. Um, one, I think some people are looking for silver bullets and they're getting, and again, this is where we've seen this proliferation of, of uh, tech is they're looking for silver bullets and you've got all of these organizations, companies telling them that they can provide them with silver bullets. And then that's where the tech explosion within an organization. Occurs. So here's what I would, here, here's my question to that. And I agree with you. I think a lot of people are looking for silver bullets. You know me, I'm a big fan of, of poker, of the metaphor of poker. Yeah. Yeah. I would say how well is the, how well does the silver bullet model pay what 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 what's the expected value of the silver of the silver bullet model go ahead well it's not who who bets on the silver bullet and wins right well uh, that right. that i agree with right right i mean go buy a lottery ticket it's probably the, like i mean yeah i don't know anybody out there that's saying hey our you know we're, we're we've got a downturn and so the board has authorized um, X, you know, $100,000 a month to buy lottery tickets. <laughs> right? That's silver. I mean, look, you know what? Yeah. If, 
That, you know what? If a thousand pretty, businesses that, a did money, that, 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 right, that is a money comment. One of them would win. Uh, you know, uh, probably more than one of them would over time, right? We we we'd have the story of these three businesses. You know that 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 generated, you know their their billion dollar business. They would, right, they would be all over the front page of every news outlet, right? whereas the other nine hundred ninety-seven companies I mean, would be bankrupt. The, the, you know, the, 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 the problem is that the silver bullet approach, you end up doing all the work anyways, but, but you never, you never actually get to live with the you never get the, you never get the benefit of, the, right. right, exactly, right. I, I mean, is, is, is your technology really making things easier? Are, are, is, is the productivity, is, is, the, is the time spent on... So I just finished training, uh, doing a training session with with the sales team, and Mike Weinberg's got a got a philosophy that I love. He says there's only three verbs in sales: create, advance, close. Right, and I'm like, look, if you're not creating, advancing, or closing, what the hell are you here for? Right. Anytime right. you're not doing one of those three things, you're not working. Now we were going over performance management and kind of time allocation, and and what we do is we allocate about fifteen percent of sales rep time to admin. And, and if I could get it to 10%, and by the way, most of our admin is emails. Like emails is 50 to 80% of our admin time, right? Now, if you take a look at the research out there, the average sales rep spends 35 to 45% of their time on it. Absolutely. Right, and, and that's it's not, not email. And that's again, like, right, and that, 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 I think that number is quite low these days. Right, you know, uh, so you know, like we have research buying role. I don't want my salesperson researching the buying role. I'm going to RevOps person to research the buying role because researching the buying role isn't creating, advancing, or closing, right? So, so I was, you know, saying to them, look, I don't want to hear you guys bitch about 15% admin because you guys are the, I mean, like it, I mean, the, the, these guys, the way we work is um, you got a bad phone number, you, 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 you click a button, you write, you know, lead bad status number. research, reason, bad phone. It gets kicked over to research. You kicked over to RevOps, RevOps researches it, finds out it's just bad and, and manages it through there. But pay attention to it. And, and if it's bad, it never shows up on the rep's queue. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to follow up on it. They don't have to close the loop. Why? Create, advance, close. If it's not one of those things, we get it out. Now, I'm seeing people trying to take technology to say, let's replace the rep to, you know, let's use a chat bot to create. And I'm like, well, okay, you can do that if you show me that you've got the manual create process down pat. But I'll tell you what, if your SDRs aren't like all stars, I mean, if you're not setting, like if your problem isn't where we have more meetings to set, like everybody's maxed out on setting meetings and we, we it's like lead scoring when someone says we need more leads. I, I used to get this all the time. We need more leads and we want a good lead scoring um, approach. And I go, if you don't have enough leads, why do you want to score them? You well, need to be talking to everybody. We, we want to make sure we're talking to the right people. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with the rest of the time? Right, right. Said, what are you going to do with the... <laughs> are, are, are your reps not able to follow up with, with all the leads right now? Oh, I mean, nowhere near being full. Oh, what? And you want to score them? Right? Well, I read that that's what they do. So it's, it's that same thing, right? And, and, and so 
like all, all you know, it's automate the predictable so you can humanize the exception. And, and we're trying to automate the exception, which by the way, everyone forgets, you know what the core word of exceptional is? Exception, right? And so we automate the exceptional, we auto tune our business, right? But it's not ready for it. So we create more and more and more friction. We got, we got bulging tech stacks. No one knows where to make for anything. Everything, you know, it becomes this hornet's nest of, and I go back, like how many companies, let's end on this, how many companies? If they got rid of everything that they had and just had, a, you know, use their CRM, whatever CRM you choose, you get all the functionality of the CRM. I mean, if anybody wants to know why I'm on the HubSpot bandwagon as hard as I'm on the bandwagon, all you got to do, I mean, and, and if someone disagrees with me, I'd love to hear it. I, I'll, I'll, you can tell us offline, you can come online and make your point. I would love it if you came on. Business process drives technology. The simplest stack is the best stack. If you can't do it manually, you can't automate it. Don't buy technology, hire it, solve for the whole, right? The beautiful thing on I mean, what, what I think is HubSpot's number one competitive advantage right now is if I just used HubSpot correctly, I'm going to be in the top 10% of companies that are out there. And if I don't use HubSpot, I need probably 15, at least 15 applications to replicate. To support the same thing. Yep. Right. Now, does that mean I use HubSpot for every single thing that HubSpot does? No, I don't. But I don't need, like, I need a few applications to be specialized to enable me to, you know, to truly accelerate. And again, it only works if that's, if that's a base. But whatever it is, you want to go Salesforce, you want to go Sugar, you want to go Zen, I don't care how many companies would be better off if they just mastered their CRM, their marketing automation, and their CMS. A ton. I think a lot of company, I, I think a majority, I think a majority of companies would also 90%. be, I think a majority of companies as well would just be better off having a normal email client versus all of these sales acceleration tools that allow me to send 500 shitty emails a day versus, you know, 10 good ones. Amen, Amen to that. That's a story for, for another day. Yeah. Already, Mike, I went in, I ended up going off on a, on a soapbox, one of my soapbox rants. So I'll let you, I'll let you bring us to a close. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. I, I think the, uh, for everybody out there, I think just thinking of your core as, as your operating system is, is, is a brilliant way of going about it. And it, that is what makes, I shouldn't makes or breaks you, but it, it, it's what gives you the capability of driving your business where you want to go. There you go. That will do it for this episode of the Black Line Podcast. I believe you're definitely going to want to tune into our next episode because uh, if I'm correct, we are going to be uh, talking, we're going to have a guest and we're going to be talking about data science, um, especially data science for non-data scientists. We're going to be talking about the, the world of data metrics analytics um, in, in today's sales and marketing world. So. Um, I am excited for that one. Until next time, make sure you subscribe to the Black Line Podcast on your favorite podcast channel.